Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding and this is my podcast, Faithfully Following. So today we are going to be talking about Ruth. We're going to be looking at the book of Ruth and we are going to be exploring what it looks like to have faith like Ruth. So this is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I feel like maybe I say that about um, all the books I mentioned, but truly it's really good. Um, It's only four chapters, so you can go out and read it yourself, but we're going to start with prayer before we get into that. Dear God, I just thank you for this day, and I pray that you would be over my words and that you would give me wisdom to interpret this passage and this story well. Um, I pray that you would give us ears to listen and to understand and that you would make your truths known. Um, And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are starting um, with Elimelech and his family moving to Moab. So this is in Ruth 1. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses and then explain it. It says, In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrodites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. So the story starts out focusing on Elimelech and his family, and this was taking place during the time of Judges, and Ruth comes right after the book of Judges in the Bible, Um, and this was a really um, morally chaotic time um, for the people of Israel um, because they were stuck in this sin cycle where they were repeatedly turning away from God and forgetting about him, doing their own thing. And then God um, told them, this can be found in Deuteronomy 28, if you wanted to explore that, that um, God was going to bless them if they were obedient to him, and he was going to curse them for their disobedience. And so when they started forgetting God and started turning from him in that sin cycle, God said, okay, I'm going to take away my blessings as a result of that. And then eventually the Israelites would realize that um, they needed God and they would turn back to him. They would repent and God would um, protect them and he would renew their blessings. And so that's kind of what was going on during this time of judges. And it it was just a very um, unlawful time where it says at the end of judges that everyone did whatever they wanted. And so this is taking place during that time. And because there's a famine in Judah, Elimelech takes his family and he moves to Moab, which is this pagan foreign nation. And we find out in verse three, that Elimelech dies and Naomi was left with her two sons. Um, And then the sons went on to marry Moabite women, um, which was Orpah and Ruth. But 10 years later, both of Naomi's sons also die. And so in verse five, we're told that this left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. And it was because the tragedy of death and also a renewed season of fruitful crops back in Judah that Naomi decided to leave Moab and return to her homeland in verse 6. And she planned on doing this with her two daughters-in-law, but once she put more thought into it, she realized that there was no prospective marriages 
and essentially futures for her daughters-in-law back at, in Judah. And she said in verse 8, to go back to their mother's homes and that the Lord would reward them for their kindness to their husbands and to her in that she hoped the Lord would bless them with security of another marriage. And she kissed them goodbye. And they said, no, Naomi, like we want to stay with you. We want to be faithful to you. And she says in verse 11, highlighting the hopelessness of them um, finding a marriage and finding a future in Judah when she says, no, my daughters, return to your parents' home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than they are for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And so finally, Orpah decides to say goodbye to Naomi and return to Moab, her homeland. But Ruth does something different. And here's where we get the first glimpse of Ruth's faith um, and her commitment to not only Naomi, but the one true God. In verse 16, Ruth replies to Naomi saying, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Wow, these words are truly words of commitment and of strong faith because she was able to develop a relationship with God. She says that your God will be my God. This is Ruth's De devotion and dedication to God and to Naomi saying that she's making a promise here to be committed to them. And that is such a beautiful and faithful thing to do. And she doesn't just leave it at that. As we see in the rest of the story, she continues to um, show up and fulfill this promise and this commitment. Um, so then Ruth and Naomi return to Judah and they return to Naomi's homeland. And this was during the time of the barley harvest because there was no longer a famine there and they finally had good crops. And so one day Ruth asks Naomi, and now we're in chapter two, two, it says, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. So Ruth is um, participating in something that was a part of law um, during this time. And it says in Leviticus 19, 9 through 10, when you harvest crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up whatever the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord, your God. And so, Ruth is taking action and going out to provide for her and Naomi, supporting her in that way. And so we get to see a little bit of Boaz's character in verse 4 when it says that while she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. 
So here we see that Boaz is a man of God. He is greeting his harvesters. He's not too prideful to say hello to these people. And he's telling them, the Lord be with you. Um, and he's genuinely hoping that God will be with them and support them. And that shows that he has faith and that he is a righteous man. And we see this kindness and this generosity throughout the rest of these chapters as he is very kind towards Ruth and he does more than is necessary to help her and support her. And then we see in verse 6 of chapter 2 that Boaz is asking about Ruth. He says, who does she belong to? Like, who is that woman? Because he doesn't know her as a foreigner. And the foreman replies to him, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. And Boaz tells her to continue working there and explains how she should work there and stay safe and protect her. Um, and she continues to work there for the rest of the harvest season and even through the wheat harvest, which was a total of about three months. And uh, I think it's safe to assume that she worked those that the rest of that time with the same dedication and commitment that she did on that first day, working hard and working as long as possible without taking very many breaks, because that was the kind of character that Ruth was. She put in the work, she was dedicated, she persevered, and we see that through her commitment to continue working in the fields and to continue to provide for her and Naomi. And Boaz allowing her to continue wor working there for that long was just proof of his generosity. I mean, he lets her work there, and then in verses 11 through 12, he compliments her coming from um, a different land and coming to take refuge under God. And then later in verse 14, he tells her that he she can help herself to his food and that she can take leftovers home. And he tells even in verse 15 and 16, the other workers to leave extra bundles of barley for her to pick up. And um, he just continues to help her out in a very generous way. And keep in mind that Ruth is a foreigner. She is not one of Boaz's people. She's not from this area. He doesn't really know who she is, but he sees that she is someone in need and he offers that help to her and he offers that abundance of help. Like it's not just doing the bare minimum. He is going above and beyond. So that is really exhibiting his faith here. So then in chapter three, we see the beginning of Naomi's plan for Ruth to be redeemed by Boaz. And this is another law from the Old Testament that when a man died without children, his brother was bound to raise an heir to him by the widow. So that means that because Ruth's husband died and they didn't have any kids yet, um, her husband's brother, who also died, but he would have been responsible to have an heir with Ruth to carry on their family um, and to redeem their family. But this law also extended to the next of kin, which this is where Boaz comes in as a close relative of Elimelech he could possibly be a family redeemer for Ruth and carry on 
that line of Ruth's family and also Elimelech's family. And so this was Naomi's idea. She's saying, okay, this is great. I didn't think that uh, I could give Ruth a prospect um, of a marriage here in Judah, but I think I can with Boaz. And so she tells Ruth this whole plan of some of the rituals that she's supposed to do, like she's going to bathe herself and then she's going to go to the threshing floor and um, she's going to uncover Boaz's feet so that um, he knows that she's there. And he, she basically is in doing so asking Boaz to marry her. And Ruth says um, in 3-5, I will do everything you said. And so for her to just trust Naomi and to obey Naomi really shows her faithfulness and her trusting Nate. And so she does exactly what Naomi says. And Boaz exclaims in verse 10, you are showing even more family loyalty now because she asked him to redeem her family. He's saying, you're showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. So Boaz is emphasizing that Ruth didn't have to redeem her family. She didn't have to ask Boaz to marry her through um doing this because she could have gone out and found a younger man. She could have stayed in her home country with her own gods, but instead she chose to sacrifice that to come here to be faithful to Naomi and faithful to God. And now she's being provided for because Boaz says he will do everything necessary. And she's showing her loyalty to the family more than is asked for. And this is where we see Boaz and Naomi both going above and beyond in um, not only what they're obligated to do, but what is morally right, what is generous. That's what they're doing for each other. Um, And it turns out that Boaz is not the closest family relative to Ruth, and there is someone else who could redeem her family. And so if you read Ruth, it goes through um, kind of the practice of Boaz asking this other man if he wants to redeem the family. He says yes, but then Boaz says, okay, but you're going to have to marry Ruth um, and have children with Ruth so that Um, the husband's name can be carried on. And then the man says, no, I can't do that. So finally, Boaz is like, okay, I will redeem Ruth. I will marry her. And he makes that commitment publicly. And then we find out that Boaz and Ruth have a son. And, And here we see Naomi finally has a son again after losing her husband, after losing her two sons. It says um, in Ruth 4.17, the neighbor woman said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Ovid and he became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. So here we just see a lot of things happening at once. But first of all, Ruth was redeemed and Elimelech's family was redeemed when redemption seemed impossible. Because Ruth came to Judah knowing that she probably wouldn't have a family redeemer there, that she probably wouldn't have a husband or a son, but she did it anyways out of loyalty. And here God was working through this. He was working through her working in the fields every day for Boaz, 
um, her being faithful and loyal in that way. Every single hour that she spent out in those fields, God was working through that. And it may not have seemed like much. It may not have seemed very grand or um, special that she was working in that way, that she was just remaining faithful to her mother-in-law. But really, it ended up redeeming her entire family through their connection with Boaz. And that just goes to show that in general, God can redeem any situation, no matter how hopeless it seems, as long as you trust in him, as long as you commit to him, as long as you walk by faith and trust him in that way, he can redeem any situation, any person, no matter how impossible it seems. Because Ruth's situation was impossible and it was redeemed. So that just goes to show that. But also, Ruth was not an Israelite. And this is the really cool part because at this time, like Israel, the Israelites were God's people and those were the people that God blessed and he gave to. But Ruth was a Moabite and she wasn't one of God's people, but still God worked through her because we find out that Obed, her son, um, became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. And there's a genealogy record right after this that shows that Obed led to David. And the significance of this is that Jesus came from the line of David. And so this is where we get to see God redeem someone, God work through someone who wasn't his people, which later foreshadowed that um, God shows no favoritism and that he accepts all who fear him and do what is right. That's from Acts 10, 34 through 35. But through Ruth came Jesus. And that shows that God is working through her, but also that he always has a plan and he always has a purpose for every single person. Because all Ruth did was just be faithful to her mother-in-law by working for her, providing for her, staying with her, venturing into unknown lands. And it was through this faithfulness that she was then faithful to God. And this carried out God's work and her descendants led to Jesus because of these simple daily acts of faithfulness and also Boaz's faithfulness in being able to redeem her. And this just goes to show that faith may not be as grand as we think it is. It may be just listening to God and trusting him in whatever he has planned for you that day. It may be just doing hard work for the good of others. But it could lead to miraculous works later on in God's plan because we each are here for a specific purpose and it's important. God has important work for you here and it may not feel important, but it is because otherwise you wouldn't be here and he wants to use you in the daily work and the daily grind. He wants to change that into something that is going to be for his kingdom. And you just have to be willing to let him and willing to open yourself up and say, God, where you want me to go, I'm going to go. Where you want me to work, I'm going to work and I'm going to do it for your kingdom and I'm going to do it with joy in my heart. And that is exactly what Ruth did. Um, She chose God um, when it seemed like there was nothing that was going to benefit her in Judah um, with Naomi. And still she decided and she made that commitment and she stood by it. And look what it led to. It led to all of our salvation through Jesus Christ. And 
if it wasn't for Ruth's faithfulness, that wouldn't have been possible. And so just knowing that you're never insignificant, God's plans for you are not small. They're very important. And you faithfully following him every day, you living by faith, you having faith like Ruth is going to make a difference in the kingdom because God is powerful and his plans are powerful. And he's always working, even if you can't directly see it. So that is what I wanted to share with you all today. Thank you so much for listening and joining me on this journey as we learn 